Welcome to In Case You Get Hit by a Podcast. I'm Abby Schneiderman. And I'm Gene Newman. And Abby, I know this month is especially exciting for you because it is- My favorite month. My favorite month. State Planning Awareness Month. I'm sure your whole yard is festooned with documents and other trinkets to remind people of estate planning. And I, we, we should honor that in some way. It's definitely one of the highlights of your year, I know. Yeah, well, it's it's certainly um, it's certainly an important month, and I don't know if it's my my absolute favorite month, but it's definitely an important month, Jean. And today we're going to be talking about wills. And um, so, why don't you kick us off, Jean, and tell us what is a will? A will is a document. Most people they're always looking at like the will is like the ultimate estate planning document, and they're kind of right. So, a will it's a document that you put a few things in there that are involving your assets, if you have young kids, guardians, uh, and name an executor. So when you die, your estate is in order and it could move on through the courts and then all your assets and everything else ends up exactly where you want it to be. And most people wonder a lot about like how, how complicated is it? How difficult is it to create? And it's not really. It's basically like a form that you fill out, like a contract you do. There's certain things you're going to put in your information. There's other things you're going to look up. There's a few decisions you have to make, and then it's done. And it really shouldn't be crazy expensive or crazy time consuming. Right. So it's a it, it, a will. It's also called a last will and testament. Yep. It's a legal document that says who's going to get your property after you die, mm-hmm. um, who will become the legal guardian for your kids who are under 18, and who's going to be the person who carries out your wishes that are detailed in your will. And that person's called the executor. Yep. And when you're doing it, you could do it online if you have a very simple estate. Because a lot of people, they have very simple estates where you say you could have your property, what's in your bank accounts, what's in your investment accounts, anything that you own. And it could be heirlooms, things that have value that are worth putting in your will. That's the first thing you want to do. So almost like take a little inventory of the things that matter and you want to make sure it gets into the right hands after you're gone. That's the asset part of it. And a lot of people, everyone can deal with that aspect because everyone has some assets. How many times have we talked to people and they'll say, I don't really have anything. It doesn't matter. And we're like, well, do you have a home? Yeah. Do you have a car? Yeah. Do you have a bank account? Yeah. Do you have any jewelry? Yeah. Okay. You do have an estate. Just because you might not have a multi, multi million dollar estate doesn't mean you don't have things that people might want after you're gone. And this is a way to categorize it and then make sure it gets done the way you want it to. Yeah, but of of course, wills are especially important if you have young kids, because mm-hmm. if you know if you die without a will, the courts then get to decide who becomes the legal guardian for the kids, and by by specifying what you want in the will, you're getting to choose who gets to be the guardian, who's going to get to care for your kids in case something happens to you. And that's 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 the most emotional part of doing a will because a lot of the assets. Most people say, oh, I'm going to split it evenly between kids. I'm going to leave this to charity. I'm going to do that. Like they're, they're not feeling things that need to actually be raised that you actually love and care about as much as you do your kids. So when it comes to choosing that guardian, it could be a difficult decision because a lot of times the courts will say, okay, if there's two parents, then you know one parent's gone. The other parent is, is going to be the guardian. But there's a lot of situations where that's not the case, where that can happen. And then two people have to decide, okay, who would raise our kids if we wanted to? And that's the one area we found that most people say, uh, we just hit a wall. And 
they will not finish their will because they never really get over that. And they just hope they're together long enough and are alive uh, till their kids turn 18. So it doesn't become a problem, but it's also something that you're leaving it open to chance if something happens to both parents. Right. So one person you need to name in the will is the guardian. And the other person you name in the will is your executor. Mm -hmm. And the person that you name as your executor is the person who gets to go present the will to something called a probate court and initiate something called a probate proceeding. And that's really just where uh, the court verifies um, the legality of the will and confirms the executor for the estate. And so the will doesn't actually go into effect until after the probate proceedings, which can be anywhere from like three to three, three months to three years, depending on, on state laws um, and how complex things are. But, um, but it's, it's really important because once the court has validated the will, then the executor can begin to do something called settling the estate, which is when they can distribute the assets to the people that you named as beneficiaries in your will. And probate is about as fun as it sounds. That name just sounds very drab and painful. And it is, it's a, it's a process where if you have a very simple estate, even they have to validate and make sure that will is official, that someone didn't change it. And a lot of times, most people, it's going to, it's going to go through. That's why three months is the standard for a simple estate after they, people usually have to post something in a newspaper that for creditors and people, if you're holding debts with, it can come out of the woodwork to file against an estate. Um, but once it goes through, if it's very simple, then it's a three month thing. And then the, the executor can start distributing assets. This doesn't mean like your kids, for example, would stay in like a room until that, like that, the guardianship thing will happen pretty quick. They'll make sure that the kids aren't just sitting there waiting for the will to be validated. Uh, that's a process that, that is much quicker, but for assets, they could sit there for a while and it could be an issue if people are waiting on this, they're relying on it and it takes years. And if people can test it, that's where things really, that's where it can take three years. I mean, we've talked about celebrities. There are celebrities that have died 10 years ago and their estates still aren't fully settled. Because so many people have been fighting over it for years. And of course, because that becomes their lifeline. They're like, we wanted this. And that becomes a huge issue. So having this in place, a will, it can help prevent any of the drama. And that's the purpose of it. You really want to prevent the drama so things can pass seamlessly. And when the courts look over this will, they're going to say, this is your decisions. We get it. Let's make it happen. Um, that's where we want to make sure that people do it so it's not up to the courts because if you die into state, that's what it's called without a will. It's up to those state laws. And that's when things can get extremely complicated. If it's very simple, if you're just a spouse, if there's no other kids, it could just go to the next of kin. But there's so many problems if that happens and it could take so much longer if people do want to claim that estate. So right. and ideally, yeah, and I, ideally what you've put in your will, you should have conversations with your family or other loved ones or other beneficiaries around so that it's not a surprise. Yep. And, and after you die, they're surprised about what's in the will. Ideally, I know that, you know, not every, everyone can do that. And it, it, it's tough. But to the extent that you can have those conversations ahead of time, that's, that's the home run. This podcast is brought to you by Everplans, the company that helps you get your life organized and keep it that way. Through Everplans' expert content and app, you're able to organize everything from your Wi-Fi password to how you pay your mortgage, from health insurance details to when your pet's vaccines are due, something I always seem to forget. So thank you, Everplans, for that. Download the free iOS app today to get started or visit everplans.com to learn more.
And you mentioned executor, and that's the person when they're getting it done. It's almost everyone will need to work with an attorney of some sort because it gets very complicated. It's a court proceeding, and it's not going into slum. This isn't the people's court where you just walk in and have conversations. It's like you have to make sure it's validated. It goes through all these different processes, so it takes time. It takes energy. That executor could get hassled by the family who's waiting on a payout or something like that. If there if there's a home that they want to sell and it hasn't cleared yet, they have to make sure we want to get this home on the market. We want to move this along. And they're like, I have to manage this. You can't just say, okay, I'll give you the money and then you'll pay me back. It has to be by the book because an executor can be held liable if something goes wrong. And you might be wondering what happens to all the stuff? You know, Who wants to go through and list everything in your home? That's where the residual estate comes into play. And usually the executor will be tasked with saying, okay, whatever is not listed in the will, it's up to you to decide who gets it. A lot of times the family will come over, hey, anyone want to take anything? You might have an estate sale. You might just donate it all. It's up to the exec. At that point, you just say, you don't have to worry about itemizing your entire life. If you have a stereo, if you have a light, if you have a blender, that stuff doesn't matter. It's really, look at the valuable stuff that you know should be handed down. So Abby, for example, the stuff you'd want to give your kids and make sure it stays in the family, you want to list that stuff out so it's clear and no one just comes in. So if a cousin says, oh, I want that ring, you no, that goes to my daughter, you know, that kind of thing. Because that's where the issue arises if someone just comes in and loots an estate or takes something. You want to make sure that that doesn't happen. And that happens very often. A lot of times with in-laws that just feel like entitled to something that's in a home because they liked it, not realizing that that clock is a family heirloom. But Gene, what, so before we end, what happens if you die without a will? Yeah, that's called dying interstate. And when you die without one, it's all about those local laws. So if you, wherever you die, where you were living, that's where the person has to go present that this person has died. They have, you have to put together a whole list. Someone has to petition to become the executor or the guardian of the estate. It depends where you're living. You become that. After then, you go through the process of itemizing all the stuff they have. You have to pay off the debts. You have to go through it. So in a way, instead of naming that executor and having a a list of things that should be done, then it's up to the court to decide what needs to be done. And that's the same with guardianship. So if you don't have a will, the court will be deciding who's going to raise your kid. And you could say, again, the other parent even though we split up and they live, it's like, no, that could be the last person you want raising it. And that's, that's one of the tips that lawyers have told us, which is they start by asking, who would you not want to raise your kids? And once you start eliminating people, it's a lot of like when you're trying to choose a child's name, like what wouldn't you want your kid named? And then eventually you get towards what you want. And a lot of times people will say, well, I think my brother would be good. And it's like, oh, no, your brother would be terrible. You know, and it's like, let's just go through the people we know shouldn't be that. And a lot of times it might not be family. It could be really close friends. Could be, there's a lot of situations. So we usually like people to say, when you're starting this, give yourself a week of intense discussion to come up with a, with guardian. If you let it go past a week, it's probably not going to get done. So really hash it out with someone and say, this is who we're setting. And you also name a, a secondary and alternate guardian if that guardian isn't around. Same with an alternate executor if that executor isn't around. And this is all laid out. When you're filling out a will, you're going to figure this out really quickly. And you're going to start realizing it's not nearly as complicated or time-consuming. Because a lot of us, I remember at the office back in those days, uh, all of us did our will in like 20 minutes online just to prove how easy it was. 
and you can get as specific as possible. And we do think with when you have properties, for example, in other states, that's where things get complicated because whatever state you own property in, you need to do a will in that state. What if you? What should you do if you are superstitious and you think that doing a will is going to make you die? Abby, you know how I'm going to say, get over it. <laughs> it's not going to make you die. You, you, you're the one, you made this point when I first met you. You said, you know, just because you buy a car seat doesn't mean that you're going to get in a car accident and your kids are in danger, right? So the superstition angle, and that was a celebrity, Aretha Franklin was big on that. Even though she wrote out a bunch of wills uh, and they found them around her house after she had died, uh, and one actually became official that was handwritten, uh, she was very superstitious. She didn't want to think about it. And when you do that, you're just leaving it up to chance. And just do it and literally put it away. We, we That's the thing for us. We always talk about this. We're like, this is one of those things. There's so many types of planning where we're like, it's ongoing. You change it all the time. This is really something you want to do and be like, okay, it's there. And then check on it like down the line. Right. And maybe next week or in, in a future podcast, we can talk about, we can talk about how often should you revisit yes. your will. Yes. But I think, I think we've, I think we've covered it for today get started. Like Jean said, do it and put it away. Just do it. Just do it. Do your will. Um, kick off a state planning month in style. And are you then- making a cake? What, what are you baking specifically for a state planning month? You're, like, you're going to bake. Uh, do you have a power of attorney cake? Do you, do you have a, I'm baking, a pie? <laughs> I'm baking an, an upside down blood orange cake. That's perfect. That is. Oh, Okay. We're going to, and it's going to say happy estate planning awareness month. (laughs) Yeah. I wasn't, I wasn't going to go that far, but I think, I mean, I'm literally, yeah. Well, happy estate planning awareness month. And thank you. um, Thank you for listening to in case you get hit by a podcast. And if you have any questions, comments, stories, we always want to hear them at podcast at everplans.com. And until next time. Bye. Bye.